This past December, 2013, of course, we're in the new year now, but in December, great death metal project Disfiguring the Goddess really surprised us all when not one, but two albums were released. Uh, we were only expecting one. That was all that was announced, and it was Deprive. Of course, December 10th hits, Deprive drops, but so does a second album on the very same day called Black Earth Child. And I'm really happy right now to be talking with the man behind Disfiguring the Goddess, Cameron Argon. Cameron, man, thanks for joining me. Thank you for uh, uh, talking to me with your fantastic voice. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate that. I appreciate that. It doesn't hold a candle to what you do, though, man. Um, Disfiguring the Goddess. I got to tell you this, this brief story here about how I found out about you and, and how we hooked up and everything. Because yeah, sure. literally, I'm on Facebook and I subscribe to a lot of metal feeds and stuff. And uh, one day, I'm just on there and something pops up in the feed. And it said, uh, stream a new song, uh, an unreleased song by Disfiguring the Goddess. And I'm like, I've never heard of Disfiguring the Goddess before. This is probably like November. And I'm like, okay, I'll give it a shot. You know, I'll listen to anything. You know, I'll, I'll see what's going on. Yeah, it's in it, the feed, you know? Yeah, yeah. Blew me away. Blew me away. I'm like, oh my God, this is some of the most brutal metal I have ever heard. I have ever heard. So uh, I'm interested and I uh, got on Spotify and I started, uh, you know, listening to some of the uh, previous albums, you know, Sleeper. And, and I'm like, this is amazing. How have, I, how have I never heard of this before? I'm like, this is one band that I would love to bring onto the podcast and find more about because this is just amazing, amazing stuff. So, um, you know, I started digging around and I found the, uh, who to contact, you know, to uh, uh, potentially interview you. And uh, so I write a formal email and everything. And I'm like, hey, you know, this is my podcast. And I'd really love to interview the band, uh, Disfiguring the Goddess. You know, if one or more of the, the guys in this project could come on the show, that'd be great. And I get an email back saying, um, Disfiguring the Goddess is one guy. Uh, it's not a band. <laughs> I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> okay, you're, you got to be kidding me. You got to be kidding me. And then I actually started doing research. And this is just you. So, dude, this is amazing, amazing stuff. Um, Thank you. You know, even if it was a band, a full band, it would be amazing. But it's even more so that it's one guy. So, um, how how did this come about? Because you, you've uh, you sort of cut your teeth doing uh, some EDM things. And, uh, of course, you're known, uh, I think, wider as uh, Big Chocolate. But uh, so how did that come about? And was this a transition for you? And uh, I don't know how have people sort of taken to it. Well, um, I've kind of disfiguring the goddess has been like, like, you know, originally it was a, a band, um, a garage band in uh, Mended, Nevada, where I'm from originally. And it was like a, a little band, you know, I, I played guitar. I didn't I didn't do any vocals. I was probably like. 16 at the time, you know, it's fun. And then I just always kind of stuck with it. And when I started getting more into computers and making music on computers, I just started making all of it on the computer. And uh, I've definitely uh, focused a lot more of my energy and attention to uh, the big chocolate stuff. And I haven't really done any music since Sleeper. But while doing all the big chocolate stuff, I feel like I got a lot better at mixing and recording and 
just, you know, making music sound better than it would previously, in my case. Um, and when I went forth and did the Deprive Blacker Child combo, uh, I feel like I upped the ante a little bit as far as the way it sounds, you know? Mm. But uh, yeah, it's just just a fun uh, project that I've kind of had ongoing over the years, and uh, this is just like another come back to it kind of thing, because the last time I ever did anything with it was Sleeper, and that was, I don't know, a bit more under the radar release compared to Deprive and Blacker Child. Hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. What kind of reaction have you, have you been getting from those? <laughs> a good one. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, it was a ton of fun to think out and plan ahead, because I had the whole plan of doing both um, at the same time, uh, before I really kind of started finishing Deprive. Deprive was started, but it like uh, took a big intermission. I wrote all the, the guitar and drums and whatnot, and then took like nine months and went touring and wrote a bunch of music with the big chocolate stuff. And then when I came back to it, I was like, I'm going to do this, finish this up, and then do another one and put them out the same day, but have the other one be a secret, you know, just like how it went down. Yeah. But uh, so the whole time I was working against the gun, I only had like a really, really small limited amount of time to finish both. So just the whole thing was like exciting on both ends and, you know, releasing the tracks week by week and whatnot for Deprive. And then like as soon as, the, as, soon as that was all done, it just dropped another one that didn't tell anybody. It was, it was exciting, you know, it was a lot of fun. But uh, I don't know. The, when it, when it, when they both came out, uh, it was kind of like it was all over for me, you know? The process has ended, <laughs> and uh, it's just kind of time to sit around and, you know, soak it in for a little bit and then move on to the next thing. Yeah. Yeah, wow. Well, thank you so much for that surprise Black Earth Child, man, because, <laughs> you know, I, uh, I listened to Deprive, and it's so good, and I hit the last song, and it ended, and I'm like, I want more. I want more. When am I getting more? Because it's so good. And so when Black Earth Child come out, I'm just like, awesome. I have more. I have more. This is great. <laughs> and, uh, but there is a distinction between the two. It's not just like a continuation sort of album. Um, yeah. there, there's a, a definite uh, change, uh, a little bit in, in, in tone and um, a, little bit, a little bit of style. I mean, it's still brutal as hell, man. I mean, it is, this thing still just... It rips my face off every time I listen to it. Um, so, it's, sort of, what were you going for with Deprive sure. versus Black Earth Child? Um, well, when I started Deprive, uh, when I wrote all the guitar and whatnot, I, I like I wasn't listening to any metal at the time. I just I, like I obtained a new guitar and I just was feeling creative and had the drive and just kind of like busted it all out. I don't know how long I actually spent with it. Um, and uh, when I was finishing coming back to Deprive and mixing and editing and doing the vocals and, and, you know, a little bit more of the, a little bit more of the creative stuff on the post-production side, as far as, like, it was already all done and the songs were structured and whatnot, so I was just adding, like, little things. Um, I was just constantly thinking about what I, what I wanted to do at, out of the second album. So almost the entire time of working, or wrapping up Deprive, I was thinking about the second album, because I didn't have any time to, like, sit around and, like, think about what I want out of it after I finished. I had to like start the day after I finished on to the next or it was, wasn't going to happen basically. Um, I think deprives to me sounds a little bit more mm, like structured, a little more robotic almost. Um, 
I, I went a little more haywire with like the 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 eerie vocal things and like the just all electronic ambience kind of darkness stuff. And then on Blacker Child, it's more uh, more on the ambient side as far as electronics go. But the electronics part of Disfiguring the Goddess is probably one of my favorite parts. Like I like the combination of like brutal death metal with like eerie samples and electronics over it. I think it's a pretty sweet combo. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's fun to do it for sure. So it's good on both ends. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it's fun to think. Sometimes things are fun to do, but not really like work in theory. Yeah. But with as far as electronics and disfiguring, I think I think it works. It's fun to do and it works. At, and at the end of the day as well. Yeah. So, like I, I feel like a clear distinction between them both. I, I like the fact they're on the same day and they're kind of finished around the same time because it adds a lot of like unity between them, but also really showcases all the contrast. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I was, I was going to bring up, you know, a lot of the ambient stuff going on here because the music, it's not just something that, uh, you know, it's not s just a simply produced and simply tracked uh, sort of uh, production that you made. I mean, there is a lot going on, a lot of layers, a lot of texture. Um, and uh, I got to thank you. You know, I'm primarily, a, a, I play a lot of things, but primarily the bass. And that's something that disappoints me in a lot of um, metal albums, especially death metal. Is it the bass? You know, it, it, usually they can take it or leave it in a lot of mixes. Yeah, they, they cover it up. Yeah, yeah. It's almost you know like I hear you know Injustice for All. You know, for instance, you know it, there's like zero bass in there at all, <laughs> and there are a lot of reasons for that. I know, but that's sort of like the the one that I always think of. Um, but thank you for making the bass uh, an important part of the mix, and even even uh, you know have some uh, dropouts in the guitars where the bass is just doing a quick run or something like that. And it's uh, just really cool. So thank you for uh, for doing that and just ha letting the bass have an active part uh, in <laughs> in the songs. Um, but yeah, like you said, all that ambient stuff that you're doing, all the all the texturing and uh, and synth uh, is really really cool. And I I imagine this this stuff just took. I mean, just take a really long time to write and put together. And what what kind of schedule were you on with this? It, it was really tight. Like um, like when I started on the whole completing the whole both albums I, I like what both albums is kind of a, a whole process like i had the guitar and a bass all written and recorded for deprived but i like it was it was all rough and like half of them were like unfinished as far as structuring just like little things and whatnot and uh so i had to wrap all that up and do the vocals and mix it and then start writing and finalizing and mixing blacker child all at the same time just, it was kind of carried on momentum from Deprived, but uh, I had like two months to do all of it. Wow. So it, it was it was pretty intense as far as like every day, like going into my office or the studio, whatever you want. I like to call it an office, but I guess, <laughs> I guess it's studio. Um, like every day coming in this room, just like drinking so much coffee and ha having to have to lay down content or just it wasn't going to be completed because I was under a, 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 a deadline I set against myself. There's, there's no label with this figuring. It's just me. Like it, it says it comes out on decomp, but it's just basically like a, a name you can put music out digitally through, basically. Um, so I, I set the, 
their release date on myself, and I knew I wanted it done before the holidays, and I knew I wanted to go home to Nevada. I, I live in Seattle, Washington now, but I knew I wanted to go home to Nevada for Thanksgiving through the new year. So I basically just busted it all out as fast as I could. But it was like do or die every day. Like if I didn't, if I didn't finish the song or work on new songs, it just wasn't going to happen. So, but that that was kind of fun. I've never really been in such a serious situation as far as just having, excuse me, having to get it done. Um, and to touch back on the bass thing, the in previous to Spitting the God of Stuff, like Circle of Nine and Sleeper, the bass guitar is, is just like a, it's a pitched down DI of the guitar and just like with a bass amp on it. And like, you know, that was like more of the old school way I was making music. Just, oh, wow. Like just creating music, just creating content. But now after like, you know, doing it for a while and kind of like learning a lot and expanding my skill set and as far as mixing and whatnot, like I've just grown to love the presence of a bass guitar and, and metal, especially. I, I, you never really hear people pushing it hard. Right. Like, uh, I, I don't know. I, 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 I like to look at it as one of the main elements, you know, when people always look at it as just like something you have to have. But uh, I think it, like, I, I kind of value the bass tone over a guitar tone now. Like, I feel like your, your, your stuff's only going to be as heavy as that bass is and how that bass is cutting through. That's how I look at it now, which is kind of nice, you know, and should be music to your ears. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's a so, great tone you had on there, too, with it. It was sounded uh, great. Cheers. Yeah, like, I, I just like... Uh, like there's a lot of like you said where the parts drop out and they're just like a bass. I just think that's a cool concept, especially with brutal death metal. Because brutal mm. death metal is so so typical, you know. Mm. Like you, you usually know what you're getting into, and like that's true for disfiguring also. But like once you kind of get into it, as far as like listening to the the these two records quite a bit, you, you'll you'll start to hear like all the ambient layering stuff and like the the presence of a bass guitar over just you know. Mm. So like the little things like that that you've you've picked up on are my favorite parts about disfiguring. Oh, so cool. that's that, that's kind of <laughs> nice, you know. Great minds think alike. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> hey, <laughs> yeah, hey. Well, um, yeah, uh, and it's not. It's cool in that you know, like you said, you know, it's there. There's so much brutal death metal out there, and there, there's a lot, and and oftentimes a lot of it just I think just sort of gets lost. You know, you it's hard to maybe tell one band from another a lot of times because it's all you know just a lot of blast beats and a lot of things sound the same but somehow you've managed to make this really stick out like i i'm trying to think of bands i can only think of two bands that uh come to mind and it's not that you sound like either one of them but i i just i can hear maybe influences of them uh in your music and i'm thinking uh, uh especially with your guitar tone uh, the first band i think of is Meshuga. Um, although this is, this is not Meshuggah. You cannot confuse Disfiguring the Goddess with Meshuggah at all. Um, I, I love Meshuggah. They're, uh, they're one of my favorite bands. Like, they're one of my favorite metal bands. But even when I'm not really in, like, a phase where I don't listen to a lot of metal, I still love Meshuggah. I just think they're one of the greatest, the greatest bands in, on all aspects right now, you know? Just, like, their sound pushes it so hard. Um, you know, I'm not even talking about what they're playing. I'm just talking about, like what they represent as a band, mm -hmm. you know, just constantly pushing it. Their live sound is so big, you know, and they get bigger with every single album that comes out, which I really admire. Yeah. So yeah, I definitely 
like Meshuggah a lot. I use an eight-string guitar to track all that stuff. Wow. They use eight strings as well. Yeah. I don't know. The eight string's a little bit overboard, but I just like the option of having more notes, you know? It's right, not, right. It's, it's kind of awkward to play compared to like an actual six-string guitar, but uh, it's, it's a completely different instrument than a... It's a guitar still, but it's not like a, a six-string guitar. It doesn't feel the same. So, I don't know. Writing on it is, is fun and unique, I, I think. But, you know, I just went on a tangent based off what you said. <laughs> no, no, that's great. Sorry. No, keep Sorry. going, man. That's, I'm enjoying it. Um, no, that, you know, especially with the eight-string. Uh, the eight-string's just always boggled my mind because, I mean, you know, you're just getting lower and lower and lower, and pretty soon we're just going to have, you know, you know, what are we going to, you know, put together a bass guitar and a conventional guitar, you know, just make the strings go way down to... You know, like, um, I mean, what, I, uh, an eight-string guitar, you have a low, what, F-sharp? Yeah, um, I keep it standard. I, I know mm. those people who tune it lower. Like, Ion Dissonance has a, their last record. I think, I don't, you know, I don't know the exact what it was tuned to, but I think it was, like, drop D octave. It's just, like, <laughs> like um, you can't even hear it, you know? Like, yeah. and it, like with the Prive, I, I never really went low on the fretboard, on, especially on that eighth string. Yeah. Most of the... Riffage, uh, quote unquote, was done like at just you know higher notes. And uh, when I did Blacker Child, I definitely hung out on that low end of the fretboard quite a bit, which also adds the contrast, you know, right. as far as the two of them. But um, I probably will never take it any lower than this. It's it's actually a little like now that I'm like the, the albums are done and done with, and I'm like looking at it now, like I probably won't try and take it that low all the time like on, like on black earth i was taking it pretty low uh not like tuning wise but just like playing down there a lot mm -hmm. as far as those like the f sharp um area of the neck <laughs> wow, wow. Was but, that uh, it? i just oh. like have an option uh, available to take it an octave lower if you really want like there's a bunch of riffs on deprive where it's like i'll be playing it and then all of a sudden, like, you just bust out, like, a lower octave of a note, and it just, like, like once or twice, it's, it's not really highlighted as far as the mix goes, but that's just, like, a, you know, something I was thinking about when I was writing the guitar. It was, like, the uh, option to have the low, the, the really, really low notes and how uh, the, the dynamic, if, if you sparingly use those low notes, you know? Yeah. On Blackard Child, there was... No dynamic of using low notes. It was just <laughs> that's a that's a crushing, crushingly low tuned riffs and on that album compared to Black Earth or you know, Deprive. I mean, yeah, yeah. And you, the cool thing is, you know, you use those low notes, and and it's not something you use as a as a crutch, you know, as, as sort of a shtick. You know, this is my thing. Yeah, we I, I play really low. Same time too, like playing low heavy shit is like a part of the. The death metal style, you know, yeah. so it's like you you can you can try and avoid it, but you still have to use it at the same time, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because the rest, of, I mean, your songwriting is fantastic, and uh, it's really complex—the timing and the riffs and everything. So it's not just a lot of you know chung 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 chung, you know, kind of things all the time. Uh, there's a lot going on, so you know, it's something. It's just another, like you said, it's another tool that you have available to you that you use from time to time because it's there and it's you have it available. Yeah. And well, uh, one of the unique things I think about Spigring compared to other bands is, uh, like, 
it, it, it's not really written from any perspective. It's not written as a guitar player. It's not written as a drummer. It's not written as a bass player or as a vocalist. It's just like I just like making the songs as a whole. So there's like I'm, it's not like I make a riff salad and then like figure out a way to make it work. It's just like I just try and make the songs flow at a good, you know, I just try and make everything flow well as a song as a whole versus like focusing too much on one element or the other, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, li- I do like uh, the, the concept of disfiguring for those reasons. It's like, like I could see if I was like a guitar player and then like like most bands, it probably starts off with the guitar player jamming a lot, making a bunch of riffs and then, you know, figuring out a way to piece them all together. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But when it doesn't, you still go with it, you know? All right. Um, so I don't know. I've, uh, I've, I've actually been playing guitar a lot more recently. So I'm hoping the next installment of Disfiguring Recordings has a bit more fancier riffs and, you know, a little more groove as far as the guitar goes and less of a robotic, just crushing machine. But I don't know. Who knows what, what the next installment will sound like? Yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait. I hope it comes soon, man. You know, not not to rush you <laughs> or anything, but uh... it comes this year as well. Um, I know I'm gonna want to take more time. Like this last time, I was pressured for time because I I wanted to put them out in the same day, and I wanted it to be uh, this year or last year. I mean, so I I think next time I take it around, I'll I'll be a little more serious as far as like how much time I'm actually spending on. Like to just, I want to spend the time that it needs, not the time that I have, you know. Yeah. Um, but that's like a perfect world type of thing, you know. It could be anything. I don't know. I don't know what's going to be going on when I'm working on it again. Um, but I don't know. I just, I, I just enjoyed the way it all kind of panned out. Like I, I enjoyed the, the, the fusion of death metal and electronics, and you know, trying to make things moody and dark, but also heavy, and I don't know. I just trying to progress the genre in a in a way where I, I just don't I just don't care about the you, you know we were talking about earlier when a lot of brutal death metal stuff just sounds so similar and so many bands just like it's just hard for bands to break out of the wall in that genre because you're you're so tied down to walls in any genre in metal you know mm-hmm. um, so I think I've I've had like a pretty interesting time trying to kind of like get outside the walls of the norm but also keeping it like a metal death metal band or whatever it is you know yeah yeah absolutely and that's do you classify this as death metal i mean there because i've heard a lot of people describe it in a lot of different ways you know death metal slam metal uh you know deathcore metalcore uh, a lot of different things what can you classify this I just like to call it death metal, yeah. you know, Br- brutal death metal. If you want to get specific, because it is brutal. It's not like a, like a, a uh, I don't want to say generic, but like when you say death metal, all the bands that just come to mind is like the plain tag of death metal. Mm-hmm. Like it's not like a, it's not like a morbid angel type of sound. It's definitely more brutal, but you know, I think the, the slam tag has definitely been thrown around a lot through uh, the past you know, pretty much since November when Disfiguring started posting music and started getting activity. But, like, if you have to ask me, it's just death metal. Just brutal death metal, you know. I don't like to put too many tags on it just to, to try and keep it more open for the future's sake. Mm, yeah. um, but, uh, 
Yeah, it is. It is slammy though. You know, there's yeah. tons of slam. But there's there's tons of metal bands that use slams all the time. Like Dying Fetus. Like no one calls them a slam band, but they when they when they slam it in their in their songs, it's perfect. You know. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So I don't know. Hmm. That's another thing. Just you get caught up in those genres, and you just I think it uh, debilitates the music you're making. Or I don't know. It depends what everyone's making music. People make music for different reasons. I'm, I'm, I, I look at this figuring as just like oh, I like to look at it as an art project. So I don't want to be held up by, you know, people on the internet's uh, opinions about guidelines for genres. Like I just, I just don't care. I'm just trying to make some music and enjoy it on both ends. You know, enjoy the process and enjoy the product as well. I think that's really important. That's really cool that that's your philosophy about it because it sounds like you're doing this for you first and foremost because it's just something you're having a lot of fun with and that you realize you're very talented at, you're really good at, and so you're going to share this with everybody and put it out there. And I don't, I don't hear anything like you, you feel like you have pressure like to, uh, to please a, a certain audience. You, know, um, you don't feel like you're going to alienate you know, maybe a, a black metal audience or alienate a, you know, metalcore audience or something because you haven't been sticking exactly within certain expectations of these yeah. subgenres. You know, it, it's it, it's really cool that that's your philosophy. You're just doing it for you. And it just happens that it's awesome. And a lot of us enjoy it, too. Thank you. Well, a cool thing about that, too, is if you build it up like that, people just expect you to do you. And if you're doing something that they, you know, just doesn't really meet their expectations about what they wanted out of a new uh, record. Like, if if they understand what you're look the way you look at it, some, sometimes you can gain the respect through that, and then even if they become fans of the music again through just like you just doing you, you know? Right. So yeah, I just like I like to keep looking at it as just like an art project. I think the only really let down that people are experiencing now is the fact that I don't play it live. You know, yeah, that 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 is a a big missing aspect to what could be a, a new side of disfiguring. But uh, I don't know. Who knows? This is it's, it's the beginning of the year. You know, yeah, it's a it's a long year's a decently long time to figure out some stuff. So I might, you know, toss the idea around a bit more seriously in, in the future. Wow. But for now, it's an art project, and I, I really, really like it because of that. Mm. You know, it's, it's a simple little tangible, like, you know, idea to run with. Yeah. Yeah, and this, it, I mean, it's still a young project, a really young project. Uh, you yeah. know, you are, you're, you've got four albums out so far, but still, it still feels like this is the beginning of things. I mean, you, you yeah, know. Yeah, I, I agree with you. It definitely yeah. feels like it's, it's just kind of now really starting to like take some sort of shape as far as what it actually is you know mm-hmm. like it yeah it, it, it still really feels like it's starting out for me on, as well even though I've been doing it for a while it's, it's it's it still feels like early stages which is nice yeah and as I was finding out more about you I was shocked at your age um, because <laughs> I expect just because of the level of production on this man I mean and the talent that you have, you know, with uh, with guitar and with bass and uh, the way that the drums are put together and, and the way the whole thing is produced, it sounds so good. And I'm like, well, this guy, he's obviously been in the industry for a couple decades now. He's been around. He's probably worked with a lot of people and done. All, and and yeah, I mean, you have been in it for several years, but I expected decades, man. 
Like I was thinking, I was thinking you're probably older than me and I'm not going to tell you how old I am, but you know, <laughs> I was expecting it. And then I'm like, seriously, this, this guy's, un he's only in his 20. Like, man, are you, are you kidding me? So, I mean, you've, you've just developed this, I think so quickly and, and you just have a knack for it. And that's why, again, you're start, so young. I young and I just, like, I, I started doing this stuff and I was like, as far as making music on a computer, like 15, 16, and I just spent a lot of time doing it, you know, just, Oh, free hours and cut out, start cutting out your social life and then boom you just <laughs> you get in a gray vortex of just making things and you know like like that's what I was saying with these albums is like recently I've kind of hit a point where like I feel like I kind of understand how to make things sound bigger than I I you know the, the normal mm -hmm. um, the normal as far as what I was doing previously so like you know that's it just takes time to to get to that point but I, I appreciate the the surprise and you know the you know you, you know what you're saying i appreciate yeah, what yeah. you're saying oh absolutely <laughs> yeah yeah I, I i do mean it um and so i know a lot of people out there myself included um have tried or are interested in maybe trying doing something similar to this as far as sort of recording everything yourself, being sort of a one-man band and uh, putting everything together, recording and mixing it down and just uh, seeing what you can do. I've done a lot of that and I'm not very good at it. I have fun at it. But what would you, uh, is there any advice you could give, you know, uh, you know, barring, you know, there's a lot of equipment and a lot of, a lot of things like that that obviously you have to invest in and, and sort of get familiar with. But uh, would you have any uh, advice for somebody that's considering maybe getting into just like producing their own stuff like you are? Well, the basis of like equipment to what you really need to like get going is a computer and a, a DAW, which is like, like I, I use Logic on the Disfiguring the Goddess stuff. Um, so basically all you really need is that and that in an interface, something to connect a microphone or a guitar to. And uh, I, like, I, I recommend, like this is a company called TuneTrack and they're kind of like the one-stop shop for like, things just to get going as far as making things. They have a Superior Drummer 2.0 is what I use for the drums on the album. And it's like, it's kind of the industry standard for rock and metal on all fronts. Like big bands will go into the studio and come, like the end product will have like Superior Drummer on it, you know? Wow. So it it's a, sounds fantastic. And it's a really, really kind of a deep program, but uh, it, you know, allows you to really understand, well, you can grow within it for a while and you people keep growing growing in superior drummer which is cool and uh i don't know like you just kind of just have to start making songs and the more songs you make the more you you kind of get used to just the whole process and that's kind of more key so than uh any kind of gear you can get just like the little tiny tools to really get going and then once once you can start really making it like start and then whatever uh, pieces of equipment you, you think you might need, you'll find out if you really do need them or not based off how it's going, you know? Um, so I, I always recommend starting small as far as like equipment and stuff you're working with. Like I, I try and keep it as few elements as possible. Um, like I did all my sense with a, a virus TI, which is a really powerful analog, like a synthesizer. And I just, I only use that. And uh, just to keep it simple, and just, I like to use the same 
just like you know, like keeping it simple is just a a good way to like uh, not get distracted with all kinds of things that could prevent you from just doing what you, what it is you're really trying to be doing at the end of the day. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah I, I find myself you get too many toys to play with and. And all of a sudden, you've been doing a lot of playing and actually don't have anything to show for it. <laughs> yeah. Like, you're just, like if you have like a, I don't know, like a, a drum machine loaded up, like you just, you go through like every single snare in the book a million times and like you can never decide on anything. Like, you know, there's no time to be indecisive when you're just trying to make music and finish stuff. If you're, if you're trying to work on like your, you know, eight year masterpiece, then yeah, I get that. But like if you're just trying to create music and, go through the whole process, then you really got to think about like if, if, if what I'm screwing around with, is that is that really necessary right now? And if it's not, then you just got to move on. And I, I do that all the time. Like a few times a day, I'll be like, you know, is this tangent I'm going off on necessary for the end result? And if it's not, you can save a lot of time by just going with it or just dealing with it later and focusing on finishing work basically. Beautiful. So that's a pretty, I don't know, I would say that's a pretty real, <laughs> some pretty real advice. Just, you know, think about what it is you're really trying to do and don't get distracted with the, the little things. Because yeah. the little things will come along. Like, you know, like, uh, like I don't know, everything's example with that, you know? Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> Oh, exactly. And it's, just, I, I, I agree. Uh, I think you just have to get in there and just do it and try it. And you learn from mistakes and why, why can't I get this to sound right? And you, you start messing with different ways of EQing and compressing things and, and, you know, different noise gates and, uh, you know, you can go crazy with it, but yeah, all those little things you just kind of, kind of pick up along the way as you just try and make it better and better and better. And, uh, I've experienced that myself too. And, that's uh, that's definitely what you got to do. I think that's the way I learn best and develop best. And it sounds like you too. And I think most people are that way. Or it's not like, you know, you can say, well, you need to buy this book, or you you know, you need to take this class. And there are certainly you know great books and great classes and great videos and stuff you can watch to get better at this. But I think, I think to really get into it and really learn and really progress quickly um, uh, as yourself, you just gotta get in. Just start start doing it. Start recording. Just, yeah, just do it. Exactly. The book will help you, but you got to, like, at the same time, the book's not going to make you who you are, you know? It, it, it will give you knowledge and benefit you, but it's only going to benefit you if you're still doing it. You, you, you got to you gotta focus on what you got to focus on and not, I don't know, like, there, like there's definitely, you, you definitely got to spend time learning about mixing and compressing and, you know, you got to read those books to get the insight and whatnot, but, like, it's it, it's a it, you just have to do it yeah do it all do it all all the time. <laughs> oh, I love it, man! I love it. Well, um, just a couple more things uh, before I let you go because I, I just really appreciate your time. Um, but disfiguring the goddess is one of the coolest names um, out there. You know, it's just it's just brutal. So <laughs> what you know, it matches the music great. Um, so how'd you come up with that name? Is there a story behind it or? Um, it, it was, like I said, it was the name of the band that, it was like a garage band, and I'm pretty sure we were just like sitting around my kitchen table, you know, group of guys eating bowls of cereal, you know, just like, missed a band practice or something, and just like, let's call it this. I think, like, the, the actual band was called something like, like, Corpses Make Mountains, 
It was. Corpses make mountains before. Um, disfiguring the goddess. And we changed it to disfiguring the goddess. And then, you know, the way it went just ended up being me and the computer. And here it is, you know? That's great. <laughs> I love it. It's one of the ones, I mean, you don't forget that name. And that's probably one of the things that really just caught my eye, again, on my Facebook feed when, when it was going by that day. Just like disfiguring the goddess. I'm like, that's that actually sounds pretty cool. And then your your <laughs> awesome, you know, your awesome uh, artwork I think popped up there too. And you've you've had some just incredible artwork uh, on yeah, your albums. And... from uh, Japan. He's the dude who's doing all his illustrations. Oh, um, my favorite part about using him and using him for album artwork is not putting a giant logo on it. Mm-hmm. You know, because I think death metal artwork is some of the coolest shit ever. And I see. Like so many brilliant artwork just be covered over with a giant late logo. And I'm just like, God, like you're just, you're covering up so many details that they drew out, you know? And Toshio's artwork is so detailed and so abstract. And there's no way I was going to slap a logo on that, yeah, you know? So that's, that's one of my favorite parts about the imagery of disfiguring is as far as the, the album art goes, there's no logo on it. Yeah. Yeah. And it was brilliant because not only, I mean, you, you were talking about your, your time frame on this and it, everything was so rushed to get this out by your deadline. But what's even more impressive than actually releasing the albums on those dates is that uh, it, it wasn't just a digital release. You know, you released actual, you know, press CDs, you know, full artwork and everything. And then yeah. you get on your website and you have shirts, you have posters, you have hats, you have all kinds of stuff. And some, yeah. of, the, some of the shirts have different artwork on them. And it just, it's awesome. And Yeah, uh, it's, a, it's a cool little thing going on right now. Like, I've never done, like, the whole poster. It's Sleeper. I did physicals with Sleeper, but it was, it was still, like, a pretty low-key release. I don't think there was even, no, nah, there might have been, like, an album artwork as, as well, but, like, this time we just, I don't know, good guitar picks and stuff. You know, all the merchandise. Yeah. You know, yeah, so it's it's, it's 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 been fun. Yeah, yeah, and you 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 hooked me right into that because I saw the shirt. It's uh, it's for Deprive. It's the um, it's the shirt that uh, has the skeletons on it. And it's oh, just yeah. all the tentacle things going in their <laughs> eyes and all wrapping around them. And it's, I'm like, this is just so sweet. I have no idea what's going on in this shirt, but it just looks awesome, you know. And and uh, so I had to get that. And I got uh, here in a few weeks. Uh, I'll be getting in my Black Earth Child package, I think, which will, uh, I think I got the hoodie with that. Because it, it's just sweet. And the artwork That's... is so good. And again, I know you're just sort of, you're you're independent and out there. And I'm like, hey, I'm, I'm glad I can support this guy, you know, and I'm glad I can, you know, buy some stuff. And I know it's going to you and it's not going to a label and you're not just getting a tiny cut of this stuff. I mean, this, uh, these dollars all mean a lot to you and it uh, helps you. Well, thank you, man. I appreciate it. It's, that's kind of the basis of, uh, you know, the whole music thing, especially it's, that's like the brilliant part of the Internet. It's like you could just make you know, spend time with uh, something like disfiguring, and then you, you put it out there, and you're able to, like, people are able to find it and connect with you, and you're able to connect with them, and they're able to support you if you want, and you could do the whole thing being independent from your house. So it's just like a, it's a neat time for music and for art and, I don't know, the whole support system and whatnot. So it's, it's, it, it's something that I, I feel like people should pick up on from what I'm doing over here and kind of, like, like well that 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 model makes sense and it it obviously works you know because there's so much 
old school momentum from the music industry that's still prevalent in today. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the, it's just, there's, there's more than one ways to, to get out there and to, to do this stuff, you know? Yeah. So I just, I would like to be one of those examples as far as like, Hey, you can just, you can just make a relationship with people on online and kind of have a, have it work out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You're doing a great job. And that's, that's, I know that's where music is headed. And there's, you said it right, man. Those dinosaurs are still around and they're still just trying to hang on to every, every last bit of sort of the old model of, of, uh, you know, the big music industry that they can. And, uh, it's it's an uphill battle. (laughs) I, I, I think about like, cause, uh, I think about like uh, before, if you could get a, a CD in like Walmart before like the internet and whatnot, it was just like game over. Like it was that it was it. That was it. Done deal. Like you just tons of money. People are going to buy it, you know, because that's that's where it is. But uh, like I, that must have been sweet if you were in that situation back when that was appropriate, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's not anymore. You know, Pandora's box has been opened, and the wild wild west is being reinvented in the internet so people should go take advantage of it yeah it's a beautiful thing so uh is facebook the best place uh where people can find out more about disfiguring or uh where where can i send people to go to uh uh, find out more about you and uh, the music and to buy some stuff hopefully the facebook page is actually a pretty good uh site or uh network for disfiguring the goddess it's it seems to be the place where like most of the people go to talk and learn and i i recognize that and kind of do the same. Um, so yeah, Facebook has good amount of links and whatnot, links to the stores and updates and whatnot. And, uh, SoundCloud actually has all the music for streaming. So if you don't have Spotify and you want to check it out online on your web browser, SoundCloud's a pretty decent place to start. And, uh, I don't know, Twitter I use regularly as well, but, uh, yeah, that's Facebook's a decent place to start directing, you know? Yeah, you have a you have a very cool uh, YouTube channel as well that uh, people can check out that has both this uh, disfiguring the goddess and uh, big chocolate and a lot of fun stuff on there. So yeah, I got to start using that again. I've been neglecting YouTube pretty seriously over the last year. I think. Yeah. I don't know. Just hey, I can't stand those ads. Breaks the flow, man. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. <laughs> SoundCloud, you can just continuously listen to music, and it, like when you click a different link or something within SoundCloud, the music won't stop. And there's no ads. It just the quality is good. You don't have to adjust it every single time if you want to listen to something. So just SoundCloud, I think, makes a lot more sense for music today, and especially where SoundCloud's headed. Mm-hmm. And uh, the whole metal rock world isn't really uh, taking advantage of it yet, but uh, I've seen awesome things happen organically within electronic music on SoundCloud because of the way the website's structured. It reminds me of like uh, MySpace, when MySpace mm, was yeah. pop music and you used to be able to find stuff and you know, find new acts constantly and not just acts from like a, like a feed or a popular YouTube channel, but just like their page directly somehow, you know, they can just stumble upon their page that never happens on YouTube. If yeah. It's like a yeah, video true. sometimes, but like you got to do that whole Google nonsense to get the related stuff. And SoundCloud's just a little more raw. And I, 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 I encourage uh, the whole metal community to start using it more. Awesome. Uh, both people who are making stuff and people who want to listen to it. So that's that's my two cents on <laughs> listening to music online. Oh, that's, as far as that's great. should be doing it. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, get on SoundCloud here a little more often now and uh, and find out more that you did that pitch for it because I've I've been on it you know here and there for your stuff and for a couple other things. Uh, yeah, like everyone's kind of familiar with the interface at this point. Like people post streams, it's usually a SoundCloud link, but it it takes a little while to get like as far as wrapping your brain around how you could use SoundCloud to find stuff. But like you spend it, it'll take like your first night of like having a successful listening and finding new music on SoundCloud to the point where you're just like. You know, I get that. I get it now. And, like, it just becomes a new tool to find music. And, uh, you know, and vice versa. If you're making music, it's a great way to put it out there. And just people can stumble upon it and listen to it and share it just as easy as you stumble upon and listen to and share other people's stuff. So it works both ways greatly. Yeah, and I like I – think, I think SoundCloud's the one um, – you can uh, – you, you actually see comments sort of right in the, right the waveform. Yeah, the, they all pop up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I, I love that. And, uh, so, uh, yeah, yes, definitely. It keeps you from scrolling down all the time. Like, people go to YouTube page, they just instantly scroll down and read all the, the insanity in the YouTube comments. <laughs> YouTube's community is just, like, so, so bad. It's so bad. Every, just, everyone's mean. No one has anything nice to say. If they do, it's, like, it's, it's cheesy, you know? Yeah. Well, SoundCloud just has a different vibe for how people communicate on it which is nice yeah you're you know? right you're right now that i think about it you know it's just kind of scrolling down the little soundcloud um comments you know usually they're commenting about like you know a specific part in the song and i, I remember reading a couple of them uh from uh, the tracks that disfiguring had up um and that, that you know people would just post a comment at a certain time and go like Oh my God, that was brutal! Oh my God, you know, and, and things like that. And I, I just love that that you can you can post little comments in very specific areas. And, and yeah, yeah I, li- I like how on uh, Industrial Quarter that song mm-hmm. on the project is for the most part instrumental. There's that one vocal towards the end, and like there's this big group of comments right there that always <laughs> chuckle a little bit. You know? Yeah, like, that's yeah. that's I don't know. So yeah, I I, I would say SoundCloud's a, a good bet to start getting into you know you find new music and you're not gonna have to deal with the, the negativity as much as you do with the other sites yeah yeah absolutely absolutely that's great stuff and cameron man it, it's been wonderful uh just you know getting to meet you and talk to you and find yeah, out more a conversation Cool, cool. Thanks. Well, uh, all the information, all the links and everything are going to be up in the show notes at devilhorns.org. And um, it's, uh, it's been a pleasure, man. I hope we can do this again. I'm, I'm going to be uh, keeping up with you and just watching what you're doing next because, like I said, I, I can't wait. And uh, Yeah, let's, let's definitely do this again. And next awesome. time, uh, you know, any, any kind of thing happens with disfiguring or we want to talk about it, we'll, we'll definitely do this again because I've enjoyed this. As well, thank you. Good enough as well. Thank you. You and your... You and your proper speaking voice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that's, uh, that's very mic, flattering. The mic to back it up. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Well, well uh, one last thing to sort of uh, um, end the show with. Uh, I wonder if you'd be so kind. If, uh, would I be able to play a, a disfiguring song on here of your choice? Um, yeah. They're off of uh, one of the last, uh, last couple albums here. And if so, what do you think would be a, a good one? Somebody out there that's never heard disfiguring before? What would be a, a good one to start them off with? Hmm. I don't know. I think a good one to start someone off with the combo of both of them. I, I think, uh, I feel like Home of the Dollmaker has a good amount to offer. Ooh, yeah. You know? Okay. Let's you know, do, let, let, 
yeah, version of, of all of it. Yeah. Well, let's do that. Um, so right now, as the uh, as the show ends, let's play Home of the Dollmaker. Uh, Cameron, again, uh, thank you, man, for your time. It's just absolute brilliance sure. what you're doing. So let's uh, let's hook up and do this again, brother. Yeah, man. Um, all right, Cora, you take care, and I'll talk to you soon. All right, thanks, man. All right, cheers. Have a good evening. You too. been listening to Devil Horns. Join us at devilhorns.org.